I'm ready. I'm excited that y'all are excited, students. I'm excited about this Wednesday, and we'll talk just a little bit at the very end about that. But if you know a student, tell your mom and them, come on, somebody. Bring them out, bring them out. Some of y'all don't know nothing about that, but you can find out later. The carnal pastor. Hey, I'm excited about the second week of our series, Jesus on, say it out loud. Money, 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 money. You're welcome. I'm singing. It's going to be good today. We singing early. Let me tell you what it's about if you missed last week. This series is specifically about what Jesus talked about when it comes to money, but not the whole thing he talked about, just the final countdown, just the final week before Jesus died and rose again, all right? So Jesus goes in, they wave Hosanna, shout Hosanna, they didn't wave Hosanna, but they shouted it, they wave palm branches, y'all just go with it, you know what I'm talking about, but but that week, that, that was Sunday, and then that week, He died on Friday, rose on Sunday. That week, a lot is written in the Bible. And I want to show you in the month of June, and we counted last week as June, I want to show you what Jesus spoke on when it comes to money. When it comes to money. Everybody say money. Money. Is money bad? No. Money's neutral. And it gets to decide. Money doesn't. You gets to decide if it's going to be blessed or cursed based on what happens when it hits your hand. So today, we're talking about getting in the system. Everybody say, get Get. in the system. Brian, I'm fixing to use you, so you're at the back, but I'm going to make you shout in just a second something, and I'm very confident you'll get this right. System, system. Some of y'all are systems people. You think systematically, and some of y'all, like me, naturally do not think systematically. You think there are rules, and they are meant to be? Here we go. The sinners just spoke, Jesus. But that was me growing up. I mean, I I saw rules, and I was like, that's cool. The line's there, right? It's cool. And what I didn't realize about about systems is they're not intended to muffle me. They're actually intended for me to run faster and farther, but I got to learn the system. And so I didn't believe this until I started playing ball. And the more I realized that we're not running plays so coach can control us, we're running plays so that we can work within the system. And when I started coaching, I wanted a little bit different system. We wanted a little bit different system. Our system was if we could have the ball more times than you, we would beat you. Do y'all know this is crazy? I'm going to blow y'all's minds. If y'all don't learn anything else today, you're going to appreciate this. In basketball, if you put the ball in the hole more than they do, guess what you do? You win. (laughs) Right? So our philosophy was I think our boys are more athletic or at least as athletic as your boys. And I don't care what the score is at halftime because that is the most ridiculous and unimportant thing in all of sports is the halftime score because I can make adjustments. That's another story for another day. We're going to beat you. But our philosophy was we're going to play at our pace and it's going to be fast but not out of control because we ran what we called a secondary break and we had specific places that we wanted to go. And if it wasn't there, we would set it up and we would run our system. Brian Keaton in the back, who played guard for us back in the day for me. What would I yell every time you got the ball, whether it was a rebound or it was an outlet or whatever it was? What would I scream? Scream. I'm not saying I would go this word that Brian's about to say. I would go, ah, 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 because we were in it. No, 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 no. 
we were in this. But I would say, go, do it, go, go, go. And we would just pump it. And I'm telling y'all, y'all would think that it is chaos. If you would have watched us back in the day, you were like, those cats don't know what they're doing until you saw us hang 100 on you. Uh, y'all think I'm being cocky, but I can, <laughs> I'm telling the truth. Because I got we three rings of Oriental. That's state championships. <laughs> it wasn't by accident. Listen, it's okay to laugh. We love Jesus. But, but we protected our system. And every once in a while, we would get a very talented person that thought they were better than the system. And they would say, Coach, I don't like what we're doing here. And we had a very friendly conversation with them. <laughs> where we would tell them, this is a dictatorship, and we love you. But you're going to do what we do, or you're going to do what you do with you. Do you understand what I'm saying? We weren't, we, weren't, we weren't muffling the boys at all. They loved it. Is that true? They loved it because we got after it, and we let their talent go. But you had to play within the system, and when something wasn't there, we had sets, and we knew what we were doing. And we loved each other and we did our thing. But we understood this one principle that I want everybody to leave with today, that discipline equals freedom. Here's the problem with life. When you get saved, and we talk about this, we, 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 we've done classes called freedom, and, and there's freedom in Christ Jesus. And you think when you hear the word freedom, if you're like me, sweet, I can do what I want. Air type your neighbor, you can't touch them. So MC Hammer again, can't touch this. Air tap your neighbor and say, that ain't true. That ain't true. It's not true. You can't do what you want with whatever. You can do what you want inside the system. And that's how God created this thing. The kingdom is a system that if you can begin to understand it, it unlocks. And it's like, oh, okay, I can run. As a matter of fact, Psalm starts out with verse 1 saying, Blessed is the man who does not sit in the seat of the scorners and the counsel of the wicked, but he, he walks and understands and hangs out with people who love the law of the Lord. He is like a tree planted on the banks of a river. Ezekiel 47 begins to describe when there's a river that's cut down through to the Dead Sea and it says on the banks of the river is where the trees grew and where the fruit flourished. But then where there was no banks, there was a swamp. In your life, this is not about money, this is the general statement, but it's true in every area. Any place that lacks discipline is a swamp. If you walk away with nothing else, that will change your life. Any place that you allow to have no discipline. You're like, now nah, I'm good. I've been through this enough times. I don't need discipline there. Swamp. Stagnant. Dead. Y'all ain't ever walked up on a swamp before because y'all ain't talking to me. It smells like foot. And something else. Stank. If you don't know. Nasty. Because it just sits there. Nothing can live. And you get eaten by gators, Right? But inside the river, it flows and it's cut. And the deeper it goes, the faster it can run. And fast isn't bad. It's just bad when it doesn't have banks, when it doesn't have systems. And I think one of the most important things when it comes to money outside of this message today is having discipline or systems in your home, having a budget, having a plan. I'm going to talk about it more in the next three weeks. 
not specifically next week, the next two weeks after that, we're going to talk specifically in a little bit about those things, but today is not really a budget day. Today's not really that. Today is a day that's interesting because Jesus comes out, and everybody thinks of Jesus. Can we just be honest for a second? Everybody thinks of Jesus is that is this nice European white dude. Come on, we can be honest. Did not look like that. Did not say, the soul of the Lord. I don't know why we make him weird. Jesus was gangster. Jesus cut people up. Last week, Jesus flipped tables. The next day, he goes back into the same place. And these cats are like, oh, we'll get him today. He was cool on what he taught last week, but watch this in Matthew 22. The Pharisees plotted how to get Jesus tangled up. Oh, we'll get him, Right? That's what people think all the time. They want to tangle you, so they, so, they, so they ask you questions in order for you to condemn yourself. Be careful with question askers if it feels like they got agenda. Because if they got agenda, unless you're Jesus or you're real wise, you're going to get yourself in a trap that was their creation. I don't have to answer your question if you're trying to trap me. And Jesus didn't either. But Jesus slays the dragon, and I loves him. Watch this. It says they sent the disciples to him, along with the Herodians. Little, little tiny side note with that. That means that, the, that, that not just the Pharisees, but also the people that were, that were Jewish, but not practicing Jewish faith, but were following Herod. So they just wanted to trap him on every side, and they sent, they sent these cats to him to try to get Jesus. It's the only place... And this story is mentioned three other times, but it's the only time it's mentioned. And it says, it says that they went to him to trap him saying, Teacher, we know that you are true and you teach the way of God truthfully and you're amazing and we love you and we love your mom and them and they're great. And you do not care anyone's opinion for you are not swayed by appearance. It's, do y'all know the difference between flattery and honesty? This is, someone say bull's not. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Jesus did too. Watch this. It said, tell us then what you think is lawful. Should we pay taxes to Caesar or not? Now, now it's commonly understood that, that the Jewish people hated this because they, they had a temple tax. This is called the tithe. They gave their first to God. And then we had to pay another tax to Israel and the Jews. And then Caesar decides that he wants his and we got to give a third one to Rome. Oh, no, I ain't doing that. So most people, I would say 90% probably of Jewish people did not want to pay that tax, and they thought, we can get Jesus here. Now, now here's the little trick. There were always centurions around, and they knew that if, if the Roman citizens heard Jesus say, don't do this, he was trapped, and they'd end up getting rid of him, and we didn't have to worry about him. So that was what the goal was here. And it says, Jesus looking at him all nice and kind like y'all always think he is, says, why do you put me to the test, you hypocrites? Savage, clackety, I love it. And then Jesus doesn't answer that question exactly like you'd expect. He says, show me a coin. I have a cough drop. It's like the same thing. He says, show me a coin. And on the coin was the face of Caesar. And he says, and they brought him this denarius, and he said to them, whose likeness and inscription is on this? And they said, Caesar's. And then they said something, he said something interesting to him. He said, therefore, render. That word just means Give. Lots of translations right here say give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and give to God the things that are God's. And when they heard this, they marveled. 
And they left him and went away because they were like, we can't get this cat. So let's try again later. But this is the interesting thing about this is if you've grown up in church or you've ever heard, we always use this term, give your tithe. Are y'all, are y'all okay? Everybody say yes. Isn't that what we say? Here's the problem with English when you study the Bible. English doesn't always do the job that other languages do that have multiple layers of meanings. And in this particular case, the root is give, but the actual meaning is not give. The actual meaning, because this is the word in the Greek for give, it's, it's simply pronounced didomi. Everybody say didomi. But apodidomi does not mean that. It means to return specifically giving back. It's in relation to I owe someone something and I give back. Now, here's why God's system is so interesting and you've got to get in the system. People struggle with this. I've had conversations. I felt stirred by the Lord not to, to preach on tithing, but to preach on money, specifically about a month and a half ago, two months ago, and it just kept coming up in my prayer time. And then in conversations with some leaders and some people, I realized that, that there is a difference between doing something intentionally and not being educated and ignorant in specific areas. And, and the church as a whole is ignorant in this area. So I'm going to teach you something today that I think can change your life if you'll receive it. A couple years ago, it was actually for almost two years, so 17, 2017, 2018, I did a coaching network. I was part of a coaching network in North Atlanta. So it takes about three hours. And if you hit traffic whew, in Atlanta, in rush hour, it's another hour. Come on, somebody. It's awful. So I would have to drive and didn't mind it or whatever. But my neighbor who attends our church, who is here today, named Davin, said, why don't you just borrow my truck? So he said, your car may or may not make it. <laughs> that was true. He said, so just borrow my truck, come get it, it'll be full, and then just drop it off. And I did. Each week, or each month, once a month, I would get up on that early that morning, leave at 4 a.m., and get back late at night and do my all-day coaching network. So let's just pretend and imagine that as I'm doing and I'm running and I'm going back and forth, one of these times I just realized I get to, I get to give Davin something today. And I walk into his house and I say, you know what, I've been praying about this. And I decided, and this is only because I love you, I'm going to give you this truck. <laughs> now, is that not what we do? We laugh because like, oh, that's ridiculous, Mark. You would never, ever do that. <laughs> right? Because it's dumb. I would never, if you let me borrow something that belongs to you, what I say to you, Katie, I decided to give you this. I mean, it was nice that you let me borrow this, but I, I decided to give it to you. No, because we ain't silly. Here's the problem. A lot of us in our hearts get stirred, and we want to be generous to God. So, so during a stirring, during a time we say, I'm going to give God something. I don't care if you make a million dollars a year or a thousand dollars a year. I return. Everybody say Return. I don't know why he chose 10. I cannot give you a reason that I believe he chose 10. I don't know. He could have chose 50. Why? It all came from him according to the Bible. But he chose 10. And he said in Malachi, return. Everybody say it again. Return to me, the first tenth. Return. So whenever I give my tithe, which I do, 
always. I'm not giving. I'm not diddle me. I'm apo diddle me. I am returning what belongs to him, which then gets me, listen, into his system. I then get to get in his system and how it works. If I'm not doing this, here's what I end up doing. Y'all ready? You make five, we're just going to use a thousand because it's a round number. We could use a hundred too. Thousand dollars a week. I get stirred up. I'm like, I want to give. I'm going to get $50 because God stirred me. Listen, to us, that feels like a lot. Don't miss this. I'm not condemning it. I'm not putting it down. I'm letting you know why the system's not working for you because if you're not in the system, it won't work for you. If I give $50, it's like me going to Davis and I decide to give you half your truck back. And when I decide, I'm going to give you the whole truck back. Come again. That won't, what's he going to say? That won't work. And if, and if I'm not working the system, it's not working for me. Now, this system is called the law of the harvest. So watch this. Hayston's big into gardening right now. I have no idea why. Because it sure ain't his daddy. I feel like the reason God made ingles and bylows is so I don't have to plow. Come on, Jesus. Miracle grow. The only miracle grow I wanted was me because I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a. But I wasn't worried about no getting maters big, if y'all know what I'm talking about. Hayston loves it. So we got, I don't even know, tomatoes, greens, beans, tomatoes. We got lots of different stuff, right? You're welcome. How many of y'all know that we've watched this tomato plant begin to grow and it's starting to sprout and a little tiny green bud is on there now? How many of y'all know that I'm not expecting corn? Why? Because I'm smart? Nah. Because the law of the harvest says if you plant an apple seed, you're not getting a pear. It works, and it's not just money. Money's a tiny part of the harvest law. And you cannot like it. You can say, I don't like that. I ain't participating. That's fine. But this morning when I woke up, I didn't want the law of gravity to be real. Sometimes I dream that he is me. Some of y'all old, old people, shout out. It's Mike. He can fly. Michael Jordan. LeBron fans, hush. <laughs> but just because I don't want gravity to be real doesn't mean it's not real. I, I can't fly. I can float in space, but not on earth. Why? Because gravity's a law of here. So no matter if you like this or don't like it, if you don't play in God's system, then you don't play. Just like what we did back in the day with our team. We're not mad at you, but discipline equals freedom. And see, I, I used this a couple weeks ago in Luke 6. I love it. It's not just money, by the way. Whatever I give, it'll be given to me. A good measure, pressed down, shaken, running over. Like I talked about with the leaves in the trash can and, and I could get three times the amount I thought because I shook it and I pressed it down. But here's the problem with that. This word is not apodidomy. That's just didomy. And I can't ever give and it'll be given to me if I've not first given back. See, like if when I borrowed Davin's truck, if I got generous in my heart, if, if I just felt led to do something for him and I washed and detailed his truck, filled it up with gas, Got some new floor mats, added some floorboards, added some running lights, added stuff to it, made it better, did something to it. Then all of a sudden I've gone from oppo 
didemy to didemy. I've been in the system. Now I can be generous to you, but I can't be generous to you until I give you back what belongs to you. And the problem with this is, I don't know about y'all, because I don't know you personally, some of you. I'm just going to tell you what I think. If I have an opportunity to do all the work myself or to let God work for me, this is, re- I'm super smart, y'all. Y'all just not going to believe how much I'm breaking y'all's minds and blowing it because I want God to work for me. Are you with me? So, so, Mark, the options are I do it all or I put God's word to the test and say, here's what you said, so yes, I'm going to do it. Yep, that's absolutely what I'm saying. If you give honor, honor will be returned to you. If you give grace, grace will be returned to you. I do not believe in karma, but I do believe you reap what you sow. And if you sow discord, don't get mad. Listen, this is a free one. If you sow drama all the time, don't get mad that the drama's coming to you. You the drama. But when it comes to money, I can't play the system if I'm not in the system. And what I find to be the truth is some of us don't know that and some of us don't understand that we're not in it. Because I don't think God's up there with a calculator going, mm-hmm. You missed by 10 cents. It's a heart thing. But I promise it's not a heart thing if you gave $10 and you made 1000 That's a 1% thing. And you tipping and you tripping. <laughs> I couldn't help it. But, and the problem is not that, that I'm upset at you. It's that I'm upset for you because you get frustrated with God. But God doesn't play games outside of his creation. And when you don't play inside or run inside of his system, it won't work. Because this is a guarantee, it's not a hope. That if I give freely and openly, it will be given back. Matter of fact, let me just say this first. This is the doorway. Y'all remember? We talked about doors a couple weeks ago and whoever enters another way is a thief and a robber. Y'all remember that? It works right here. Because if I'm trying to work God's system but I don't do it God's way, then I'm getting mad that this isn't happening and this is my doorway in, returning what belongs to God. So this is what we put on our offering envelopes, but I need to give some clarity to y'all and offer y'all an apology. This isn't a tithe. This is once we've tithed with cheerful, generous hearts. This is from this church that was poor. Paul specifically calls it out in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 that I'm going to use a little bit next week because we're going to talk about the motive of money. But this week, he's coming off of this and he says, this is the point, the one who sows sparingly, reaps sparingly, the one who sows bountifully, reaps bountifully. Each person has to decide in their heart what they'll give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion because God loves a cheerful giver. But this doesn't mean that I, ha, 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 cheerful, cheerful. That's not what cheerful giver is. It's always willing and ready to do it exactly when God puts it on my heart. But you don't get to be a cheerful giver. You don't get to sow seed. You don't get to believe for stuff until you first returned. And that's where many of us find ourselves today. That's where many of us find ourselves today, y'all. Many people are frustrated because you've been believing God for stuff, but you're praying for a harvest on seed you've never planted. So what are you talking about, Mark? 
I'm talking about anytime God puts something on my heart. Now listen, I want to teach you when you should sow. If you have $10,000 in your bank account and you owe someone or you want something, let's say you don't owe it. You just want something that costs $500. You don't need seed. Just go buy it. Are y'all okay? I'm not mad at you. I'm just telling you the truth. Just go buy it. If you can do it and you don't have to heave faith up in order to make it happen because you've been disciplined with your money, you've saved money, and you can buy it. If you want a video game, go buy a video game if it's in your budget and it's in your system. You don't have to sow seed for a video game. Are y'all okay? Sometimes this has nothing to do, by the way, lots of times, not sometimes. Lots of times this has nothing to do with stuff. Sometimes it does. I can give you two quick examples. When Lee and I first started, God started teaching us his principles on money. We had been disciplined. We had been trying to walk through it. And we wanted to get debt free. And we saw how much we owed. We had set a goal. And we just believed in our heart God wants us to do this. We were down to just $1,000 in our account. And then we got a tax return. And we gave all of it. And we sold on there debt free. And almost immediately, it wasn't, it wasn't simultaneously that the next moment, but almost instantaneously, what we owed on our vehicle and what debt we had, someone called us and said, we're going to pay this off. And we celebrated, and God was teaching us, and we were like, this is what seed's about. And then the same thing happened. I, I had very little. I didn't have a ton. We had been faithful with our first, so we were in the system, right? And, I, and my vehicle, the Saturn that I had, the head gasket busted. We're we're struggling, we're stuck. I don't want a car payment. What do I do? I sow a seed, I write car on it. I'm like, God, I'm either going to have a car payment or it's got to come. Honest to God, sowed it on a Sunday. I think it was a Monday, it might have been a Tuesday. I got a call, said, meet me at such and such o'clock at this place. It was a car dealership. Said, the Lord woke me up this morning and told me I'm supposed to buy you a car today. I told one of the guys that was working here at the time, sitting in my office, God told me this morning when I woke up, today was the day I was going to get my keys. And it happened. But this is what I want y'all to know. That's not always the story. Sometimes it's way better than that. Sometimes it's way different than that because we don't give to get stuff. We give because God puts us under conviction, not compulsion. And then cheerfully we say, yes, let's do it. My favorite recent seed story when it comes to money was a good friend of mine in another state who, if you saw how much he gave each year, your mind would be blown. But he doesn't do it. He definitely never wants anyone to know. He doesn't care, and he keeps it a secret. And yet, he could buy a house, pay it in cash, and he didn't need to sow a seed for that. He didn't need to sow a seed for things. But, He did not know, listen, listen, he did not know what to do when it came to three of his family members and he was deeply convicted. Mark, I don't know what to do, but I really want them to be saved. And I said, where's a place where lots of people are getting saved? So into that ministry. Three weeks later, all three of those people who were anti-church, something happened, they came. This is six months ago. He called me crying, you won't believe this. All three of them got saved. I answered back, I do believe this. Why? Because the system works. Because you planted tomatoes and you got tomatoes back. I'm never surprised by that. Could he control godly outcomes of salvation? No, it's not. I'm never able to control that. But he gives seed to the sower and he is the Lord of the harvest. I'm only responsible 
to sow it and put it in the ground. But this is, this is what I find is a problem with a lot of us is we don't have a seed problem. We have, I should have said weeds, not marijuana, weeds, right? We have weeds problems. We get stuck in the weeds, and this is my quick definition. We got wasteful habits where we take our earnings every day and we just waste it. We waste our everyday earnings, which leads to, everybody say the word? Which is the opposite of discipline. Which is really a swamp, right? This is not God's system. Matter of fact, when he did the, par- the parable of the seed, in Matthew 13, he talked about what happens when seed, and that's specifically talking about seed that's God's word, but it works as a principle with anything. When seed goes into weeds... It does not work. It gets choked out. And when it gets on rocky soil, it doesn't work. It's only when it's in good soil, and that's your heart. This is what I really think. I really think if you begin to understand, I'm good. If you begin to understand that this is real, then you begin to make baby steps to where it comes to freedom can happen in your area of finances. And I'm not suggesting that I'm going to wave a wand today and if you have debt up to your ears, it's going to go away. I'm suggesting that if you take the first step and begin to obey what God has put in his word and simply this, just be disciplined. Don't waste anything. Know where every dollar goes. Give back to God the first and then know where every single cent goes. Freedom will begin to go. And the more freedom comes... The higher the walls get when it comes to the banks of the rivers, the faster the river can flow. And I'm going to teach you in a couple weeks why I think we can be the lender and not the borrower, the head and not the tail. But it doesn't happen just because you quote it. Because you can quote the Bible and you can jump and you can dance and you can shout and you can say, I believe God. But it's no different than if I was driving down the road today and I just started slinging seed out the window hoping that my house was going to get a crop. That's not my field. And I've got to begin to understand that I have to own this field called my heart. And this is the place that God has to change in order for this to become my lifestyle. Because I'm just telling y'all the truth, and I promise you of all things that I could do, I'm not condemning. I used to hate preaching on money. Because I always felt like people leave heavy, they leave sad, and now I love it. And the reason I love it is because I believe maybe it's the place people can find the most freedom in. And I'm not doing my job and my calling if I don't give y'all opportunities to have your mindset shifted. It's not my job to teach you what to think. It's my job to teach you how to think, and the Lord will teach you what to think. How to think. God's a systematic God. If I play his system, he works for me. If I get outside of his system, I can beg, plead, cry, spit, and it's not going to work for me. But when I realize when I'm running down his lane, I don't have to beg and plead. If I seek first the kingdom, all these things are added to me. But many people quote, seek first the kingdom of God, and they miss the verses right before that. That I store up treasures in heaven. That the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And this is just what I believe today. One of the greatest things that capture the local church is the love of money. The local church, I'm not talking about us specifically, I'm talking about capital C, the church. The love of money. The unwillingness to live with open hands. 
the unwillingness to say, I'll play in God's kingdom and God's way. I'll give to the orphans and the widows. I'll stop relying on. I'm going to preach a little bit right here if y'all just let me. I'm going to stop relying on the government to change society and change culture with systematic racism and systematically pushes down people of low income in societies and systematically says, shame on you, you had an abortion when they don't give people options of what to do once they have had abortions and and men and women are in prison that should not be and don't belong and I'm not saying they did not do something wrong listen to me I'm saying we could have changed the culture a long time ago if we would have put our money where our mouth is and I'm not saying give your money to a government agency I'm not saying give your money to any other agency I'm saying when the church decides that I will oppo didomy and then didomy then we act like Jesus acts and we can change the culture and society but you cannot have a great movement of God unless you have people and you have money and we got the money it's just sitting in the seats all around America and that's what burdens me and excites me is I'm not trying to freaking raise my salary I'm convinced beyond a doubt what God's going to do in my life and with all due respect and I mean this in no way as a slight or sarcastically but I Mark does not need your money I want you in the system so that God can work for you and that we can work his money by stewarding it and seeing God do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or think. But we can pray and pray and pray and pray. And if we don't get in the system, those prayers aren't going to work. So why do I give? That's the question. Like, why do you give? Why, why are you so willing to do it any time? It's pretty much this simple. For God so loved the world that he did me. Same Greek word. But he didn't give $1,000. He didn't give a million dollars. And y'all, that would be crazy. He gave Jesus. For real. Jesus, his son, who was perfect, spotless, never sinned, never thought about it, never did anything wrong, lived a sinless life. But he gave him not to just be a cool little baby, or to live a sinless life or to do cool miracles. He gave him to die. He gave them so that we could have life. He gave them, Matthew 20, so that he could pay a ransom for us. What is the ransom? This word in the Greek is so interesting because it means the payment that you make to set a bond servant in shackles free. It's someone that someone else is owned by and they're no longer owned. I'm not owned by a human. I, owned by, I was owned by sin and shame. And Jesus, listen, became sin. Paying the ransom so that I could become life, freedom, hope, righteousness in his name. Why do I give? Because there's nothing I can do that's more Christ-like than serve like he served, love like he loved, and then give like he gives. I do it in response to who he was. I love because Jesus first loved me. First John says that over and over. I serve because he served. And I give not so that God's proud of me. God does not love you less or more if you do. You do it because he loves you. I don't got to give. I get to give. And my heart can't change. And this soil can't not have weeds in it or not be rocky until I realize, oh my goodness, this all belongs to you. You let me steward 90% of it and then whatever you 
put on my heart to do, I can do it. Why? Because I've created boundaries and disciplines in my own finances so that I can freely give and I can let it begin to build up so I can give more. And I cannot hope and pray and throw up a prayer and say, maybe this will hit, but I can actually work a system. I came here today just to tell you, you don't have to leave the same. That does not mean your entire finances will flip overnight. It takes a system. But if a mindset shifts, that's step one. But the most important thing to me is not that you begin to tithe, but you begin to get the why of the tithe. Because God did not give a tenth. He gave it all. Jesus paid it all. That's why. God gave it all. And all we do in response is just open our hands up and say, you got this? I was trying to find my wallet. I left it in my office. You got my wallet? You got everything. Take it all. I surrender. And for some of y'all today, watching at home or in this room, I believe that that means that saying yes to Jesus is your response. Because you can tithe and be lost. Because that's called religion. But if he's got you, you're in the system. And it'll work for you. So I just, I'm not going to drag this on, but I just believe in this room there's some people that need to say, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. The Bible says you're saved if you do that. And if that's you in this room, then I just want you to respond by doing this. This is different. I just want you to respond by taking your cell phone out at home or in this room. Just take your cell phone out and text this number, 864-606-3600. You'll see it up there. They'll leave it up for a couple seconds. Just respond by saying, that's me. I don't think God saves a prayer. I don't think God saves all those other magic things. God saves your heart. And when you believe in your heart that God's worth it and he died for me and I, I owe him everything, but he doesn't ask for everything. He just asks for my heart in response to say, I surrender it all to you. He gave it all. I really believe some people need to get saved. And then I believe this. Some people for the first time need to get in the system where freedom lives, where hope lives. It will change your life. So as we stand and sing, this is such a great song that Shannon picked. It's an elevation song to close out worship. I just want you to think. God owed me nothing, so he couldn't give back what belonged to me. He gave everything. And just celebrate and worship in your heart. Let him change and let chains fall off that has been bondage for some of y'all for generations Money bondages last generations, but they can be broken in Jesus' name. He has the power to change. And just worship God as Emma leads us in this song. Just worship God and thank him. Y'all stand with me, Lord. We're so thankful. So thankful. That we don't have to give to get your love. That you can't love us more. It's impossible. We don't got to give. We get to give. And God, my response to get to is oftentimes not a specific thing that I'm sowing for or something magical. It's just, God, what would you like me to do? Who's in need? And you never fail to show. And anytime I've been in need, you've never failed to show. 
But if you took everything from me, God, if I was stripped down to nothing, no house, no car, no anything, who am I to complain when I have the hope of glory living in me? Thank you, Jesus, for dying, for willingly. It says, the Bible says, Lord, with joy set before Jesus, you endured the cross. And if you can give that way, then certainly you can change my heart where I can give freely. So God, change us and we worship you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, let's sing.